uh, Ron and Florence Lila, I don't know if you know this, but they celebrated their 44th wedding anniversary this week. That's right. And uh, we wanted to uh, just honor you guys with some floral goodies here. Pass that over there, Delma. Would you give them that? Awesome. And we bless those guys. I know they've been through kind of a rough couple of weeks here. I know Ron's father passed away, uh, and that's been really hard for them. So in the midst of some, some sadness, there's also joy. And so we celebrate with you on both those accounts today. And let's give them a big hand of love one more time this morning. Bless you guys. Awesome. And uh, we just love you. Love you so much. I have a very important story to tell you this morning. It's very important. An old geezer who had been retired farmer for a long time became very bored and decided to open a medical clinic. He put a sign outside that said, Dr. Geezer's Clinic, get your treatment for $500. If not cured, get back 1000 Dr. Young, another doctor in town, who was positive that this old geezer didn't know anything about medicine, thought thought this would be a great opportunity to get an easy $1,000. So he went to Dr. Geezer's clinic, and this is what happened. Dr. Young comes in and says, Dr. Geezer, I have lost all taste in my mouth. Can you please help me? Dr. Geezer says, Nurse, please bring medicine from blocks 22 and put three drops in Dr. Young's mouth. She does so. Dr. Young says, Ah! That's gasoline. Dr. Geezer says, congratulations, you've got your taste back. That'll be $1,000. No, that'll be 500 Dr. Young gets annoyed and leaves in a haste. He's angry now, and he spends the next few days trying to figure out a way to recover his money. He returns to Dr. Geezer's office once he thinks of a clever plan. Dr. Young says, I have lost my memory. I cannot remember anything. Dr. Geezer says, nurse, please bring medicine from box 22 and put three drops in the patient's mouth. Oh, no, you don't. That's gasoline. Dr. Geezer says, congratulations, you've got your memory back. That'll be $500. (laughs) Dr. Young, having lost 1,000 total now, leaves angrily. He comes back after several more days with a bright idea. Dr. Young says, Dr. Geezer, my eyesight has become weak. I can hardly see. Dr. Geezer says, well, I don't have any medicine for that, so here's your $1,000 back. Dr. Young says, hey, this is only $500. Dr. Geezer says, congratulations, you got your vision back. That'll be another $500. (laughs) I'm pretty sure Dr. Young's not going back there anymore. (laughs) Amen. Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to continue where we... A follow-up on, on last week's message. How many of you had chance this week to be generous in an in a extravagant kind of way or a, a way that's not normal? Anybody do some generosity this week? All right, two or three. Anybody else? All right, so here's the deal. We're going to be in this Kingdom Generosity series, so I'm going to encourage you to take ample opportunity to put into practice some of the things that we're talking about. We're in a series called Kingdom Generosity, and we're actually going to take the whole month of May with this. I feel like God has some things he really wants to show us as I've been studying and I've been praying. Man, I'm telling you, I could probably preach two or three months on this because God really has some things he wants to accomplish. In fact, I want to propose to you the same thing. I'm going to 
every, every week we're going to talk about this. Last week I proposed to you, and I said that God wants to change our world through the generosity of his sons and daughters. God wants to change our world, and he wants to use you and I and our generosity to do that. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because sometimes we think expanding the kingdom has to do with sharing our faith, right? And that's good, but isn't that interesting? Even when you open your mouth to talk to someone about Christ, you're being generous. You're taking what you have, and you share it with somebody who's either thirsty or hungry or in need some way. Is that right? How about when you pray for the sick? Are you being generous? Yeah, because the things that I have, I get to now give to you, right? Jesus even said that freely you have received, right? Now freely give. And that's in the context of praying for people. But it's also true in our, in our generosity. So I want you just to take a couple of minutes. It says five, but I actually want you to do this quick. At your table, I want you to share your most fun experience receiving generosity. Now last week we talked about your most fun experience giving generously. This time I want, if you've received extreme or awesome generosity from somewhere else or somebody else. I want you just to share that, that real quick, a testimony, all right? So just take three or four minutes and share with each other the part of receiving kingdom generosity, all right? Ready, go.
One, one minute, one minute. Wrap it up, would you? Okay, here's what I'd like you to do, if you would. Why don't we read these verses together? Again, on your sheet, you have the 1 Corinthians uh, verses on communion. But the next one down is the passage that we're going to be focusing on last week and this week and possibly next week as well. And it's 1 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11. And uh, as we move into these verses, can I just mention one thing? One of the great things about the New Testament church was it was in the context of people, uh, well, let's just, this is great for Americans, <laughs> eating together. They, they broke bread in homes and they, they shared meals together. It says it in the book of Acts, and we get glimpses of it throughout all the New Testament. Corinthians here is one of them. So I just want to encourage you, like, I know we didn't get to all of the testimonies and we're not going to get to all of the things that we normally share you know what would be great is to go to have lunch together. So afterwards, I just want to encourage you to maybe some people at your table or some friends go and eat together and then continue sharing of the goodness of God. I think that's a, a great thing for us. So I just want to encourage you in that. But why don't you take your verses. We're going to be on the screen and also on your, on your sheet of paper there and, and also in your Bibles, of course. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 11 says this. In fact, can we read it out loud together? Let's do this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Verse 9. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Lord, we thank you today for these life-giving passages. And Father, in this oftentimes selfish world where people think of only themselves and they get in their little bubbles, Lord, I pray that you would allow us to break out. That we would begin to see not only the world as you see it, but that our very being and our DNA would be transformed, God. That we would go from being receivers and takers to givers and blessers. And Lord, we have these promises today that we're going to look at that you will not only allow us to do that and you've set a place for us to do that, 
But, Lord, you're going to increase our righteousness. You're going to allow us to, to be abundant in how we show your favor and your blessing to our world. So, God, I pray that those seeds would get planted in our heart and it would reap a harvest of righteousness in each and every one of us and through us today. All God's people said? Amen. So last week we looked at the first verse that was first, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and it says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Of course, it's a very simple, it's a very simple verse, really, if you look at it. If you're going to, if you throw a little bit of seeds out, you get a little bit of harvest. But if you throw a lot of seed out, guess what? You get a huge harvest. Like right now in our house, we have those little, <laughs> we have seeds and these little, um, they're little dirt balls or something. I don't even know what you call them. They're little, these little, like the, yeah, starter things or whatever. They're little dirt things. And you put the seed in there. And so we've got a little trays of these things. And we put them out with water. Thank you, Sydney. We put them out with water. <laughs> we put a little sunlight on it. Pretty soon, boom, all these green stuff is shooting up out of these little pods out on our deck. And then what we're going to do, of course, is we take those and we put them out in the garden and we're going to begin to see them get bigger and bigger and bigger. And here's the cool thing at the Abbott House. We're not okay with just like one tomato plant. I want three tomato plants, right? Why? Because I want to go out there every day and go, yum, 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 yum. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one that eats tomatoes in my family, so I get them all. It's so awesome. <laughs> but it's interesting, like even yesterday we bought some tomato plants and I wanted not one, not two, but three. I probably could have used more, but I put them all out there. Why? Because if I plant one plant, how many tomatoes am I going to get? A whole bunch of them, right? Especially the cherry ones I get to just eat and eat. And that's the principle. If I sow generously, I'm going to get to reap generously. Amen? Last week we read a quote from Joel Osteen, and it said this, The seed must lead. Right? The seed must lead. If I want to do anything in life, if I want greater things, I've got to throw greater stuff out there. Right? That's the principle. It's a biblical principle, and it's the kingdom generosity principle. Verse 7, though, goes on and says this. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, how many of you have heard this verse before? Okay. How many of you have ever felt like a preacher used that verse to beat you over the head? Anybody <laughs> ever felt that? You sometimes in church there begins to be this thing where the church has a need for money, and so we're going to use these verses to get as much money out of people that we possibly can to accomplish the things that we want to accomplish. Can I stand before you right now, and I want to honestly tell you this. I don't need your money. The church doesn't need your money. Okay? And the reason I say that is because even though God has made it so that tithes and offerings are the thing for the church, I'm not going to use any verse or at any time use scripture to reach in and grab money out of your wallet. Okay? How many of you know I can't do that? But how many of you know that when we talk about the principles of God, that God actually wants to bless you as you give and as you're obedient and as you're faithful with your finances and with your resources to then sow and reap a great harvest, right? So the, the principle here is not so we're trying to get your money. The principle here is I want you to be blessed. I want you to have a faith, uh, not only a faith-filled life, but one that reaps a, a mighty, mighty harvest. Amen? 
That doesn't mean we won't, you know, take an offering and take your money, but the idea is this. <laughs> the idea, though, is this, simply this, that if you don't want to give, that's between you and God. But if you want to give and bless into the kingdom and bless into the mission that God has given us, then you will reap a reward, okay? And we're going to look at that a little bit more today. Giving is all about the heart. How many of you have ever heard the verse in Matthew chapter 6 where it says this, verse 19? Do not store up for yourself treasures in, on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But the opposite, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And here's the key, right? For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. I cannot even begin to tell you how powerful that one statement is. There is a, a cord that is unbreakable between your wallet and your heart. Between your wallet, you can't break it. It's actually connected. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And it's interesting that money actually reveals the condition of our heart, doesn't it? What I do with my money or how tight or whatever I am. See, one of the things that I've tried to do even, well, many, for many years now, but especially so in the last few months and even this week, well, the Abbots had a chance to be a part of really giving uh, and the church and the school giving a large sum of money to some people that were in need and to help them get through a rough spot. Okay? So that felt good. And so, you know, we, we were involved in that and we're feeling good about that. Then uh, we went out to dinner for my birthday. And uh, <laughs> can I just encourage you, if you've never tipped really big to your server, try it at least once. It is so much fun. So we go out to, uh, my, my favorite restaurant is Joe's Crab Shack. Everybody, you guys, Joe's Crab Shack? I love crab legs. That's my thing. So the whole family went, and we go out to eat, and we had this young gal who was our waitress, and she was a senior in high school, right? Jody, senior in high school, right? Yep, that's right. And she wanted, she was going to prom. She had a broken wrist, and she had a cast on, and we got to talking. She, she wanted to go to prom, and so she's trying to save up money. And all. So we did our meal, and of course, you know, with all the kids, it was, a, it was a pretty good amount of money, you know. And we decided, Jody felt really strong, to tip her 100%. So whatever our bill was, then we actually gave her that same amount for the tip. And uh, I wish we'd have had a camera of some kind going because it was really fun. She comes over, and she, when she first realized it, she comes over. Yeah, she's kind of, of course, she's shocked. And then she, first of all, what's her first thought? They did the math wrong, right? <laughs> These guys are a bunch of morons. They can't figure this out. But then, if, then she kind of, ding, oh, my words, they're really tipping me this huge amount of money. And she comes back, and she says, you can't believe it. She says, I've been trying to save up money for a prom dress, and I've been working extra hours, and I'm trying to do this thing. And so we were just like, bam, go get a dress, you know. <laughs> and uh, it was so fun. And the next thing you know, she's jumping around behind, like, the, you know, you can see into the kitchen where the servers are and stuff. And then she's zooming back and forth. And then there's other servers. They're going back and forth. And nobody can believe what's actually happening. And, of course, we're trying to, you know, the Bible says, you know, give to people and try to do it in secret. And, uh, but if you tip 100%, chances are good somebody's going to be freaking out about something. So we're just trying to get out the door. That was great. Yeah, bless you. Love you. You know, we actually got a chance to hug her and we prayed over her. And we just bless, we declared blessing over her. And I'm telling you, we walked out of that place going, 
yeah, we're probably going to be eating peanut butter and jelly for a few days at our house, <laughs> you know. But I cannot tell you that I would never in a million years replace what we did with anything else. Because what other thing could I do to spend my money on me that was going to bring as much joy and blessing and pleasure to someone else, right, than if I was to hog it for, my, for my, me and my family? And it was one of those things where, again, these verses come back to my mind that God wants us to be, like, cheerful with that and that where my money is or my treasure is. In other words, my heart and my treasure, my money, are connected. And if I say, God, you want me to bless somebody big? I'm going to do that. What are we really talking about when we move that direction? Trust, isn't it? You see, if I give big, I have to trust that God is then going to not only replace that but bless me more. And so our money really becomes so inner, in, important as we do these things because when I give away my money, I'm actually saying to God, I need you now to come through in a big way because I've given more than I probably could or should in, in human understanding. And so money, to love, to trust, these things, it's like all connected, amen? Does my love express itself in trust? See, why does God love a cheerful giver? Because a cheerful giver is a trustful giver. Isn't that true? Can I ask this question? How many of you ever paid your tithes or gave some money to the church? Let's just say as an example. How many of you ever paid your tithes knowing that there wasn't enough money for the rest of your stuff, but you paid your tithes anyway? Anybody ever done that? Just raise your hand. Okay. Can I tell you what you just proved to God? You, you passed the test. I'll just tell you that straight up front. You passed the test because you proved that your money, right, your treasure was where your heart was. Your heart was to please God. Your heart was to do the right thing. And your money just followed your decision to do that. And God then understands that you trust him with all of it. Now, let me ask you a second question. How many of you, when you did that, actually fell short and didn't have enough money for whatever it is you were doing? One or two, maybe. But how many of you, when you did that, felt like God came through in a big way? You, you found money you weren't supposed to, you had some other thing happen, or there was a blessing in some ways. And some of you, maybe, you know, even those of you that raised your hand, if you were to maybe look out a couple more weeks, did God do some things? Did he provide something for you? Did he give back in a special way? How many of you would raise your hand and say, you know what, I found that to be true? You know, it's so important. It's so important. We say, God, I'm not just going to say I love you and worship you on Sundays, but I'm actually going to let my life reflect that. Amen? I'm going to let my money show you that I don't trust in myself. I actually trust in you. Amen? There's so much I want to share with you today. But one phrase that I had that God kept putting in my heart was, when we use our resources to bless other people, whether it's a tip at a restaurant or buying somebody's groceries, you want to know another really fun thing you can do? Like, when you're going through line at a restaurant, maybe a fast food place, just say to the person right there, I want to pay for those people behind me. Or I want to pay for that person in front of me. Let me cover that. And how much fun is it to just bless them, and see the reaction on people that say, whoa, that's amazing. Or you're at Walmart, you see somebody with some groceries, and maybe they look like they could probably use a little help, or you feel that Holy Spirit thing in your heart. I want to just encourage you, go ahead and take the step of faith and say, hey, can I buy that for you? 
You know what I said to that girl, the waitress at the restaurant that day? She was excited, and she's kind of doing this, and we're kind of loving on her. And I felt like God just told me to tell her, listen, God loves you very, very much, and he wants you to know that today. How many of you think that if I had just said, hey, God loves you, and tipped her 10%, she'd be like, oh, that's great. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> but because I put our faith into action, we put our faith into action, and we tipped, you know what? That was a big statement for her, that these people are so weird and they must have a relationship with God that is so, so uh, beyond the norm that they're willing to do that, right? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. 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 No, it's awesome. That is true, isn't it? Our kids are watching us. The people around us are watching us. And uh, it's fun not only for us but for them as well. So then the uh, verse 8, let's jump on down to that. And God, it says in verse 8, And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things. (laughs) Sometimes I think God and his word is so funny. Like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I need to get the point. You know what I'm saying? So God really is trying to make a point here. Look how many times he uses the word all. Okay, are you ready? Let's read this together. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Again, this verse is so jam-packed with stuff. It's almost too much to, to try to just move on. Let me look at it. He says, number one, God is able to bless you abundantly. Now, I want to just stop there for one second and just remind you that God is able, right? How many of you know God is able to do whatever he wants on this earth, and he has, as the Bible says, he owns the cattle on the thousand hills, right? That God has all access to all money at all times. Many of you have heard miracles about churches and organizations where people give, you know, millions of dollars. And we've actually had a prophetic word over us that God is going to provide a benefactor for us. Somebody with a lot of coin that's going to be able to help us move forward in our mission, right? And that's great. But how many of you also know that God is able to do miracles in each and every one of our lives, right, that we get the chance to give. I will guarantee you this, that money that we gave in the tip and the money that we gave to the other situation to help people, that money is going to come back multiplied on the habits. I'm sorry, I didn't get enough amens on that. Go ahead, try it again. God is going to multiply that back on us. Amen? Because here's the deal. There's nothing special, if you will, about the abbots or even about this church and the money that we give. How many of you know that Scripture actually says this? All right? So Luke chapter 6, this is in the Passion Translation. I love this. Again, very familiar passage to many people, but let's be reminded this morning, right? Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says this. Give generously, and generous gifts will be given back to you. Now, mind you, this isn't some obscure prophet in the Old Testament under the Old. This is Jesus that's actually saying this. This is Jesus, all right? He says, give generously, and generous gifts will be given back to you, shaken down to make room for more. Do you know what he's saying there? Have you ever had, like, put something in a jar or something, and you want to put more in, and what do you do? You give it a good shake. 
Like I do this when I put ice in a cup. All the time. I like to put ice all the way to the top to get as much in there as I can. So every time I do that, I bang it on the counter and I shake it around. And what happens? The ice settles down and I get to what? Put more ice in, right? That's what he's talking about here. He says, listen, you give and it's going to come back. And here's the deal. You're going to have to shake your jar a little bit to make it settle down. So what? He can put more stuff in your, in your, uh, in your container into our lives. It's awesome. Shaken down to make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. Your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. (laughs) That is some seriously powerful words right there. Because you remember last Sunday I talked a little bit about the if-then principle in Scripture? You remember that? Like, if I do this, then God is released to do this. And if you look for it, it's from Genesis to Revelation. It's in all of the Bible. If you will march around Jericho this many times, the walls are going. then the walls are going to come down. If you pray and repent and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven and do all these awesome things. Right? If you'll go to the upper room and seek me for a while, then I will pour out the Holy Spirit and the whole thing's going to change. Right? From cover to cover, it's if-then statements. So in our finances and in our giving and in our generosity, it's the same thing. If I will be generous, then what? Then God is, now you got to be careful here because I'm not preaching this kingdom prosperity thing or whatever, but I'm just taking the words of God. He says, if I will be generous, then generous blessing and abundance will come back to me. That's what God says, folks. Don't be afraid of the word of God. Don't be afraid to say, listen, some other preachers have used this so they can get Ferraris and all kind of mansions and weird stuff. Okay, forget those knuckleheads. This is the word of God, and it actually is true. And here's what I have to say. If you're going to believe him for part of the Bible, you might as well believe him for all of the Bible. Amen? And if you believe him for salvation and healing and these other things, you might as well believe him for your resources. I think it's time that the church of Jesus Christ quit apologizing for God wanting to bless us and live in abundance. He says, listen, if you'll sow generously, if you'll get that stuff out there, then the righteous and abundant harvest is coming back to you. It is the word of God. Yeah, that's good. It's just good. Here's the thing, church. We've got to say, we've got to come to a point where we believe all of it. If then. Isn't it interesting? He says, at God is able to bless you abundantly. <laughs> that doesn't say he will bless you abundantly. I might step on some toes today. In fact, I probably already have. But I believe this, that God is purposely self-limiting in the display and what he does because he's waiting on people to take him at his word and step out in faith. That is true of all of the Christian faith, isn't it? Have you ever looked at someone that needed to be prayed over for healing and you felt afraid or reluctant in some way, but you also felt the Holy Spirit kind of pushing you towards that? So if then, right? If I will step out in faith and go pray for that person, then I release the power of God to move. But you know what? If I look at that person, let's say, 
patient here has a bum, bum ankle or something, okay? And I walk by, and I see that bum ankle, and I'm like, oh, and you've all, <laughs> raise your hand if you felt the Holy Spirit say, go do that thing, right? And you're like, oh, I don't know, I didn't pray enough today, or I, I was late for church on Sunday, or, you know, I didn't give enough tithes or whatever. <laughs> you know, all kind of dumb reasons the devil put in your head. But here's the thing. If I will step out and do that, then I release God to be able to do what he wants to do. Amen? But if I don't pray for her, how much chance is there that God's going to heal her? Probably zero. I mean, he can do what he wants, but he has said in his word, what does he say? He says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Right? What's the first part? It's the if, right? Right? I have to lay hands on the sick in order for them to recover. God is actually waiting for us to do something with what we know to be true. Isn't that right? Whether it's giving, whether it's praying, whether it's sharing, whatever it is. God says, I'm able to bless you abundantly, but I'm kind of holding back here to see what you do. (laughs) He's actually waiting on us to take the step of faith and go do these things. I don't know about you, but I want all that God has. He wants to bless me abundantly. I'm all in. And I'm going to take the things of obedience and say yes to them. Amen? So he says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Okay, we're running a little bit short on time. So I'm going to give you about three or four minutes. I want you to go to your table and I want you to discuss this one thing. What would it look like for, for me to abound in every good work in response to generous giving, okay? What would that look like? Just kind of dream a little bit at your table. What could that look like for abounding to happen as I'm free with my kingdom generosity, amen? Take about three or four minutes and do that, and then we'll, we'll close after that.
Hello, there we go. All right, let's bring it back. We only got a couple minutes. I want to wrap this up today. You're abounding in every good work. Abounding. All right. How many of you found? How many of you found yourself? How many of you found yourself dreaming big right there? Anybody find yourself dreaming big? You know, it's amazing, isn't it? When we start to let God take control of every part of us, not only our giving and our obedience and our ble- that stuff, but, you know, we let him get into our dreams. Like, what could this possibly look like if I gave more than I thought I could give? Next week, we don't have time for it today, but do you know that God actually sets aside a portion of everything in your life a big portion of it is for you, and another portion of it is actually set aside to give. Like, it's not yours to touch, actually. We'll get to that here in the next, next week. We'll talk about that. Abound in every good work. Kingdom, generosity. I felt like God told me this last night. He said, what if kingdom generosity, these things we're talking about, became the new norm for our lives? See, in the Abbott family, we're a work in progress. Anybody else here a work in progress with your relationships? I think we got this a little rich. Can we bring that down just a little bit? Uh, In our relationships, how we parent our kids, how Jody and I interact with each other. And there are times, actually we say this a lot, like we'll say, all right, how we're interacting right now is not really good or healthy for us, and it's 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 not the best that God has for us. And so we'll kind of hit the reset button, and we'll say, what if we made this way of interaction the new norm, the new normal way of living our lives? So that'll be sometimes with Jody and I. We'll make course adjustments as our marriage keeps moving along. And other times we do it with our kids. Like, okay, what if the new norm with our kids was, you know, this new way of parenting or this new adjustment that we're making? Why? With the end result is we don't want to stay here. We want to be better. We want to be uh, have a more healthy family and a healthy situation, right? Well, I think sometimes in our giving, we get into patterns and we kind of get comfortable with certain things. And what if God is actually, you know, if you will, he's kind of poking us a little bit. He's urging us along to say, listen, maybe what you think is the norm is the old norm, and I have a new norm for you. I have a new way that I want you to live your life. For some of you, you might say, okay, I'm not really there at a 100% tip deal, <laughs> But maybe I can do 25 or 30%, maybe. Maybe next time I go out, we'll, we'll give more than I think we should or what's normal, right? And allow God to transform our mind. And I love this verse when he says, listen, I'm going to let you do some things, and I want to make you abound in every good work at all times, with all things, in every situation. I want to, I want to make a new norm for you. Amen? But the point is we have to do something with it, isn't it? I'll tell you a story as we close today. There once was a duck town, town of all ducks. They had a duck church with a duck bell in the tower. They had duck Bibles. They had duck offerings. They had duck announcement videos. They had everything. And all of the ducks would waddle into town and waddle down to the church 
And the duck pastor would stand up, and they would sing duck hymns, and they would have all these duck things, you know. And the pastor would begin to preach, and he would look at all these ducks, and he would say, you can fly, you can fly. And then he would preach on, come forward, all who want to fly. And after this service, the ducks would all come forward, and they'd say, great sermon, pastor, just what I needed, pastor. You really inspired us, pastor. And then they'd open the door to the duck church, and all the ducks would waddle home. Here's the thing. We were meant to fly. We were meant to soar, actually. You know, inside of every duck, I think there's an eagle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I see it sometimes when they're flopping around like they really want to fly. And, and here's the thing, though. It all comes down to the choices that we make, isn't it? I read this week a quote from Edwin Markham, and it says this, that choices are the hinges of destiny. The choice I make makes me. So as we leave here today, there's, a, there's going to be opportunity. I can guarantee you this. There's going to be opportunity for you to give more, give the same, or give less. And I don't just mean in the offer. We're going to take an offering here this morning as well. But, but as you go, there's going to be opportunity. And I want to tell you this. In this kingdom generosity, your duck pastor says, you can fly. You can actually fly. You can soar. You can move ahead in these areas. It can become a new norm for you. And so as we're closing, I know the ushers get a little nervous when I do the offering at the end. Amen, brother? <laughs> but on the table, there's a bag. I just want to encourage you to give. 